podcast number 45, Bad Guy. This is truly an amazing song. Through analysis, we hope to see some of the techniques used to create a work so different in many ways from modern song construction. Let's begin with the overall architecture. It's in the key of G minor in 4-4 time, moderately fast. The introduction is eight measures long. The verse, the first verse, is 16 measures divided into two parts. The chorus is eight measures plus a two-bar extension, which includes the title. There is an instrumental interlude of eight measures. Then we go to the second verse, back to the chorus, the interlude, and a two-part coda to end the work. Let's begin with the introduction. It is eight measures long, and as I said before, the key of G minor. However, all chords in this piece are implied by the bass line and vocal parts. First, we have the G minor chord implied by the bass line. This is held for four measures or twice through the bass line. Then we move to a C minor chord for two measures. Here, the bass line is moved up a fourth exactly, except for the last note. The progression ends with two measures of the D7 chord. Implied by the bass line pattern one more time, up a second. We notice how it's not the full pattern, but ends on the upbeat D, the root of the chord, jumping down an octave lower. This eight measure chord progression implied by the bass line is used as a background template for all sections, such as the intro, verse, chorus, interlude, etc. The bass line ostinato, the repeating phrase, adds continuity and cohesion to the entire work. For more on bass lines, please see podcast number 36. This bass line is made more interesting due to the fact it exists over two measures rather than the more common one-bar bass pattern. And it features syncopation over the bar line against a steady bass beat. line we just heard is composed of the root G and B flat, the root and third of the G minor chord, implying it rather than playing the full chord. The last note is an F, the seventh of a G minor seventh chord. The main goal of a good bass line is to anchor the harmony and simultaneously enhance the melody while connecting the chord movement. The syncopation is an outstanding feature along with the two-bar phrasing. Usually an introduction is just instrumental, introducing the time signature, the key signature, and overall feel of the piece, which this introduction does. 
But we also have some syllables that will be heard throughout the piece, such as hum, ah, and da. These lyrics mirror fragments of the bass line. As the chord moves to C minor, the four chord, along with the bass pattern implying the chord, it is relatively the same, except the last note is the G, the fifth of the C minor chord. This pattern is kept for the D7, except the second bar of the D7 pauses with a rest. The silence is striking and is used extensively in this song to separate and introduce sections. As we will see, it is used to great effect throughout. Now we move on to the first verse. It is 16 measures long and in two parts divided 8 measures and 8. This in itself is very unusual. The vocals enter against the background of the introduction. This first half of the verse begins with the lyrics white shirt, now red, my bloody nose. It features a melody comprised of a series of B-flats. Rhythmically, it is a complementary syncopated variation of the bass line. What is really interesting is that on various lyrics, such as bloody nose, sleep, two and three part harmonies are added, coloring the notes with different textures. On the implied D7 chord, the melody moves to a C, the seventh of the chord. For me, what really stands out is that against the bass line implying the C minor chord, the vocal part features a three part harmony, a G minor triad, G, B flat, and D, with the melody note B flat in the middle. This could be labeled a C minor 9 chord. In fact, throughout the verse, the melody notes are in the middle of the harmony. This is very unusual and very striking. The colors created are very unique. At the end of the first part of the verse, the lyric criminal is sung. Now, on the syllables I and now, the C melody note as I said, the seventh of the chord is harmonized with a suspension, a D7 suspended second to a D7, which means that the D is replaced with an E, the second, and then resolves down to the D. At the end of the first part of the verse, there's silence for two beats and the snap starts. These snaps on the second and fourth beat of every measure will continue through this second part of the verse. This second half, which begins with the lyrics, bruises on both my knees, is the same as the first half, except now harmony is added above and below the melody on every note and expanded to four and five parts. And as before, on the last two notes, this time with the lyrics cynical, on I and Cal, we have another suspension. This time it can be considered a double suspension because on I of cynical, we have F sharp, C, E, and G, which would be a D7 suspended second, suspended fourth chord, moving to a D7 chord, F sharp, C, D, and F sharp. 
Again, the melody C notes are in the middle. In many of the chords sung, you will notice that the fifth of the chord is omitted, and this is common practice as the fifth will not affect the quality or color of the chord. At the end of the verse, there is silence again so that the pickup to the chorus is pronounced with the lyrics, so you're a tough guy. This really stands out against the silent background. Due to the added claps and the four harmonies, the momentum and intensity of the second half of the verse has added to the pull into the chorus now. The chorus. The chorus is eight measures long with a two-bar extension. It may even be thought of as a short refrain, these two bars. A refrain can have two definitions. One, as a full chorus, or two, as a short recurring phrase or hook at the end of a verse. For more on this, see Podcast 25, Mary Jane's Last Dance, as an example of a refrain at the end of a verse. The background bass line is the same, but a slight pause in the fourth and the eighth measure divides the chorus into two sections. The use of silence once more, used as an important musical gesture. Here it is used to introduce the lyrics, so you're a tough guy, I'm that bad type, and I'm the bad guy. Much has been written about the importance of silence, rests, between notes, between sections, in composition, for the music to breathe and for phrases to be properly sectioned. As an aside, I'd like to mention 4.33, 4 minutes 33 seconds, or just 4.33. It's a three-movement composition by American experimental composer John Cage. It was composed in 1952 for any instrument or combination of instruments, and the score instructs the performers not to play during the entire duration of the piece throughout the three movements. The piece consists of the sounds of the environment that the listeners hear while it is performed. Many articles and books have been written about this piece and of course about John Cage and his various experiments. Personally, I like his thoughts on aleatoric music, which is music by chance, which does offer a lot of interesting ways to create music. In the future, I will do a podcast about aleatoric music. But silence is a vital tool in any type of musical composition and any genre. As previously mentioned, the chorus starts with the lyrics, so you're a tough guy. The melody is so very interesting and usual for it features a recurring pattern repeated four times. I will play the first four what we hear against the implied G minor chord. Two-part harmony is added on the last two notes of each repetition, reinforcing the meaning and impact of the lyrics tough guy, rough guy, nuff guy, and puff guy. On those important lyrics, at the end of each section, we hear the interval C to G, a descending perfect fourth. C is the fourth G the root. This technique may also be observed in the Jonas Brothers song, Sucker. See podcast number 37, 
whereby important lyrics and rhymes are accompanied by the same interval. This is so important to make the interval, the lyric, memorable to the listener. The second half of the chorus, also four measures long, features the same melodic pattern, also four times, now against the implied C minor and D7 chords. Even though the harmony changes, the eighth notes keep the same pitches. So against the C minor chord, it creates the seventh, two roots, and then back to the seventh, B flat, C, C, B flat. Against the D seventh chord, the B flat, C, C, B flat creates a minor sixth, two sevenths, and then back to a minor sixth. Those four notes against the G minor chord earlier were the third, the fourth, the fourth, and back to the third. Notes take on completely different color and meaning when the chords in the background are changed. As an example, I will play those four notes first against a G minor chord, then a C minor chord, then a D seventh chord. Notice their change. What is also very interesting that against the C minor chord, we have F, D, the fourth and the second of the chord, two non-chord tones on the lyrics bad type. Played slowly, we can hear the emotion in those two notes, which in earlier podcasts, I have made the point that at this tempo, you might not hear it, but I think you sense it and feel it. And against the lyrics mad type on the D7 chord, we have F sharp, the third of the chord, to D on type, the root of the chord. So there we have two chord tones. We have seen how certain intervals and adding harmony adds new color and emphasis to important lyrics. Now the music stops, and in silence, we have the two-bar extension. Completely exposed, we hear... I'm the bad guy, using B flat and G, the third and root of the G minor chord, the main tonality. The B flat is held on bad and then slides down to guy on that G note, then duh. Also in the background of the chorus, we hear eighth note percussion emphasized on the upbeat added into the background. This adds to the syncopated feel of the bass part. It also has replaced the snaps in this section. At this point, we move into an instrumental interlude. Against the eight-bar background of the intro, verse, and chorus, we now have an instrumental interlude featuring a melodic pattern repeated four times against the G minor, and then a sequence of fourth higher against C minor, and then up a second to the D seventh, which pauses in silence. This pattern is based on a G minor chord. We have G, the root, D, the fifth, back to G, then C sharp, the augmented fourth, or more commonly known as the flatted fifth, then the fifth, the D, back to the C sharp, and then the B flat, the third again. We can look at this two ways. We can think of it as a G minor chord, improvising off a G minor with the chord tones, 
and the flatted fifth, which is used in blues and jazz quite a bit. Or you might have noticed by emphasizing the D, C sharp, and B flat, it sounds like a D harmonic minor scale, which is used quite a bit in ethnic music. I will play those three notes and emphasize it. After we hear that four times, we move up to the C minor chord, and then we hear the line transposed up a fourth to fit this chord. At this point, we hear the lyrics, I'm the bad guy again, the same way we heard it in the two-bar extension. It moves up one more time to fit against the D7th chord, but now it's altered using the notes of the chord, only chord tones, D, A, F-sharp, and then end on the C, the seventh. After the interlude, we move on to the second verse. The first part is the same as the first verse, only this time, the only accompaniment is the return of the snaps, with claps added. Slightly altered, there is no bass line. Instead of a two-beat rest in the eighth measure, the bass plays a sixteenth note fill-in, ushering in the second half of the verse, which is the same as the first time we heard it, with new lyrics, of course. Next, as before, we move to the chorus and instrumental interlude one more time, now bringing us to the two-part coda. Coda, part one, the climax. In many instances, composers use the coda to close out a work recalling many important moments. In part one of this coda, we see all these important moments ingeniously layered in a counterpoint of melodic, rhythmic, and harmonic elements. Counterpoint is the art of setting, writing, or playing melodies against each other, conceiving them horizontally rather than vertical chords with melodies above. If you get a chance, some of the most beautiful harmony written was from 14th and 16th century counterpoint. It is an amazing study. First, the melody of the verse, the repeated B-flats are now covered above with the D and C-sharp of the instrumental interlude and below with the G-pedal. A pedal is a repeated note, in this case, G. This supports the lyrics ba 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 ba. This is repeated seven times, once for each measure, except the last measure is silence. What is striking is that these notes do not change for the C minor and D seventh implied chords. Sounding against this is layered the instrumental interlude, giving us three layers, the harmony, the melody note in between, and now the instrumental part. All this is layered on top of the original bass line. Then one more layer is added in the fourth measure, at the end of the G minor, just before the C minor comes in, the lyrics, I'm only good at being bad, enters, duplicating the instrumental line. This is slightly altered to fit the length of the lyrics. The last note, C, is held for six beats against the C minor chord, 
And then on the D7 chord, we hear the C again. It's the seventh of the chord now, only for two beats. Then it moves up to the D, the root of the D chord, and is held for four beats. In the last measure, we hear the bass play two low Ds and then complete silence. The effect of the first part of the coda, to me, is an amazing recall of past events. The second part of the coda is totally different. Here we have a slow finale, dissolving after the intensity of the climax, as in literature. It is striking that the G bass note, the tonal center of the work, is played with a dotted quarter note, eighth note tied to another quarter note, rhythm recalling the opening of the bass part and sliding away. The spoken lyrics against the added percussion accelerate with intensity, then dissolve in I'm a bad guy, huh, twice. A moving, dramatic finale. The techniques used in this work, and of course, Billie Eilish's performance, are amazing. I hope you have enjoyed this analysis and can use some of these techniques in your works. If I might add, I have a book dealing with all the techniques of modern songwriting available on Amazon. It's called The Songwriter's Guide to Melodies. Also, for guitar players, if you're interested in alternative chords and progressions for the guitar, I have a book called Guitar Chords for the 21st Century. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Joe.